Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers Radio. 6.30 Shed. It's been feast or famine when it comes to goal scoring for the Edmonton Oilers after getting five a couple of nights ago against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just one tonight, and it is not enough. They settle for a single point as the Winnipeg Jets get a 2-1 shootout victory tonight. Good evening. It is 11-17 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line, coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. The Oilers tonight outshot 33-22, and the first star of the game, Rob Brown, and I think deservedly so, and he's definitely a positive story for the Oilers out of this one, goaltender Laurent Brassois. Very good, very good. And you always wonder, uh, a young kid comes up, uh, he gets his opportunity, and, and an opportunity that wasn't planned. You know, illness was the reason he was in there. Does it affect his concentration? Does it affect his, his preparation? And it didn't. He was outstanding tonight. And, uh, you know, for, for parts of this game, the Jets could have taken that two-goal lead that eventually would have knocked the Oilers completely out of it, but he gave him a chance. He made the big save when he had to. Uh, a couple breakaways, a couple odd man rushes. Uh, he was. He looked calm in there. He looked confident in there, and uh, it uh, was a nice start, hopefully, to a, a long tenure up here in Edmonton. I mean, if if he gets another couple of games and plays like that, it's like, well, you know what? Maybe this is him for for good now. Maybe we don't have to season him anymore. So he stopped 49 of 51 against the Sharks last year, and 32 of 33 tonight so that is uh doing some quick math here rob brown 81 divided by 84 nhl save percentage of 964 so far in his young career so there you go that's uh that's a very good start to an nhl career that that what i loved about him is he never looked out of place He, he he looked like he belonged and the biggest thing for, for a goalie is give your, chan- give your team a chance to win. And he certainly did that tonight. He kept them in there when it was that one-goal game, allowing them to tie it up. Uh, it, it was a good night for him. And, and it's uh, a confidence builder for him, but it's also a confidence builder for this team now knowing that they can put a second goalie in because Anders Nilsson had struggled as of late. And the Oilers had no confidence putting him in as a, a replacement if Talbot gets tired. Now they have full confidence after one game, though. But full confidence. Hey, we can throw this guy and give Talbot a bit of a break and, and not feel like we're losing a whole lot. Brassois, tonight's home ice hero for ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at atb.com slash home ice. A lot more to talk about besides him tonight. Uh, clearly a game where both teams' power plays struggled. A game somewhat similar to the New Jersey game earlier this week where the Oilers don't have a lot of forecheck. We want to talk about that. We want to hear from you, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. But right now, courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things diesel, here is Oilers head coach, Todd McClellan. Todd, you got the point, but overall, what did you make your team's game tonight? Uh, we were up and down, I thought, throughout tonight. They, uh, first of all, they're a hard team to play against. They're big, strong, physical. Thought we had the will to be around it. We didn't win as, enough battles. Uh, obviously, the special teams gets us one shorthanded. 
uh, power play we weren't very impressed with. Uh, penalty kill worked too much, but did a, a good job of killing. Very good. Thought he was solid. Um, surprise start for him. He wasn't scheduled. Handled himself well. Um, not a lot of rebounds, and when there were rebounds, he he was big and and strong. And, and um, I thought he played a very very good game. Matt Hendricks was one of the guys that maybe stood out to us up there. What did you think of his game tonight? It seemed like he was all over the ice. Plus well, I got the goal, which was great. Um, he did a lot of penalty killing for us, and you know, he's playing out of position right now in the middle, which is an easy thing for him to do. But uh, uh, I was impressed. The, the goal was obviously very important and very nice, and, uh, but I was impressed with, with his ability to penalty kill, but to do it for 11 and a half minutes. So um, he got a lot of ice time. What was the rationale for putting Hall back with Dreisaitl for so, so early in the game? Well, we were about halfway through, and uh, we didn't have rhythm. We didn't have... I don't even know if we had a shot on goal. So what we had wasn't uh, wasn't producing, looking for a little bit of rhythm, and went back to them. And um, again, I think there's more there's more there than we're seeing. Will this performance give you more thought to maybe using Brossois a few more times, not only with an eye on his play this year, but also kind of moving forward where he might fit in the bigger picture? Is that too far reaching at this point? Um, I feel good with him. Like I, my experience is watching him stop. 50 shots in a game. Um, I think coaches sometimes are a little hesitant to put people in they haven't seen or been around or witnessed. Uh, I saw it, so I'm driving to the rink today. I feel pretty good about uh, about putting LB in, and then he had another really good performance tonight, so I feel good about him. Just going back to power play, it seemed like there was progress being made over the last couple of games, so how tough is that? Well, it's a step back. Um, it's like our game as a whole. We want to keep Keep the momentum going forward, and, and um, you know, improve in, in areas. And our power play has been good. It's basically been one unit, though. It's really been Connor's unit that's been producing. The other units got to get their act together and get going. And um, every night, it seems like it's one individual or one and a half individuals that aren't performing uh, real well or not making right reads. And uh, as a result, the group gets uh, gets kicked a little bit for it. So it can be better, and it, it should be better, and it will be better. Did the change in D pairings have a settling impact for you back there? Perhaps. I, I thought the D pairings played pretty well the way they were they were set up. So, um, you know, again, the, the size and the way they play their lines, we talked about certain matches and and uh, we ended up getting some of them. So, um, But I thought the, the pairings played well when they were moved around a bit. Was the overtime as a coach pretty topsy-turvy for you too? You had to kill the penalty and then you almost won the game through a hand. Won the game again at the end of the game. Yeah, it was um, that happens three on three. It's a pretty exciting game, um, you know. So it was it was back and forth. Um, you know, you're kind of biting your nails when you're you're penalty killing, and all of a sudden you're getting a scoring chance. And then, uh, you know, when you were when you shouldn't be getting those chances, you were, and vice versa. So it, it was back and forth. Was yeah, we talked about him. He was. Um, well, he had a pretty good welt there. I don't know if he was, uh, you know, if, if it was shot. If it was shot, he, he wouldn't be playing. But it was, it was a good welt. Yeah, I saw Matt Hendricks after the game. Not, not any swelling there, but a pretty uh, good red mark there next to his left eye. He was pretty involved in the game tonight. He actually winds up being the game's uh, third star. We mentioned Brestois, the first star. Pavlik from the Jets, uh, 21 saves for him. He's the second star tonight. The Oilers fall 2-1. 
in a shootout. And we're hearing this a lot from from Todd McClellan. Some guys are going, but too many guys you're not getting enough from, and and you wind up you know scoring a goal and losing. Well, I, I don't think we had to hear from Todd to, to know that. I mean, just watching the game, everyone in the stands was watching, and there were certain players that were on their game tonight, and unfortunately others weren't. And it's tough when you're, especially when you're in a, a power play situation, you need everybody on the same page, and you need everyone pulling the same way. And if you don't, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in trouble because you're putting the puck in a place where someone's supposed to be. He doesn't get the read right. He's not there. Or you, the passes are off. If, if you're in a, you're in a goal-scoring situation and the guy doesn't get the puck to you because he's just not having a good night, well, it affects your power play. And we've seen that a lot as of late where it, it, someone is just not up to par and it's dragging the rest of them down. And I sat upstairs with Bob. It was a sloppy game. Um, both teams were sloppy. There was, I mean, guys running into each other on either team. Guys can't make a 10-foot pass. Guys trying to dump it in, miss the puck. Puck goes back the other way. Scoring chances that were squandered because they couldn't make a 7-8-foot pass. Uh, it, I think it was fitting that this game went to a shootout because I don't think any team really took control or, or deserved the full two points. I thought it was just two teams that uh, had half their teams going and both played sloppy games and eventually both get one, at least one point out of it. Jets 0 for 6 on the power play. The Oilers 0 for 5. Rob, I want to talk to you about the power plays in a bit here, but let's go to the phone line, 780-496-0063. We have James standing by. Hey, James, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Power play. Um, uh, abysmal. Uh, first, uh, kudos to LB, but uh, Yakupov isn't getting much ice time, and when he's on the ice, he's not doing anything. We've got Anaheim coming up on Tuesday. Do you go possibly and put Lander in the lineup as uh, a bigger body, uh, good on faceoffs, and perhaps a net front presence on the second unit power play? Uh, just your guys' spots. Um. Anton Landry eventually is going to get in a hockey game. It just it, it doesn't make sense for him to sit out 10, 15, 20, 25 games in a row when players in front of him aren't doing what they need to do. I don't know if he's uh, uh, as much a, a threat physically or more of a threat physically than much they have in the lineup. Uh, Neil Yakupov has not been good and has not been good for a while now. He, he, he looks disinterested in times on the ice. He's, he's not doing the things that need to be done. When you are put in a role, right now he's playing in a third-line role, you've got to play your game a little bit different. You, When you're in the first or second line, well, you play one way. If you're third or fourth line, you play another, and he's not getting all those things done. He's not getting the pucks in. He's not getting in on the forecheck. So would it shock me if he sat out? No. I don't know if, if next game is the game they do it. The one benefit of having an Anton Lander in the lineup is you can get Hendricks on the wing then. And as good as Hendricks is in the faceoff dot, I think he's much more effective as a winger because then he could be the first guy in on the forecheck and he could be physical. Right now, because in his own zone, he has to be the low, down low guy, it tires him out. It's the hardest job for as a forward as a centerman. So uh, putting Lander at center, allowing Hendricks to be a winger, I think could be a benefit to Matt Hendricks. All right, James, we're going to finish the play with you, man. Just for trying, you get 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. If you're right, you qualify for the grand prize draw, 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Let's see what Matthew Panasic's cooked up tonight. Little brushed it off his stick, and now Blake Wheeler comes back to help out. 
A dart to Ehlers. Checked by Griba stepping up. Took it away. Eric Griba to the net. Wrist shot off the post. Rebound. Oh, the rebound chance. What do you say? Goal or no goal, James? Uh, no goal. That's not a Hendricks breakaway. <laughs> Little brushed it off his stick, and now Blake Wheeler comes back to help out. A dart to Ehlers. Checked by Griba stepping up. Took it away. Eric Griba to the net. Wrist shot off the post. Rebound. Backhander denied. What a save by Pavlik on Hendricks. Good job, James. You win, finish the play tonight. What a sequence. Uh, I mean, of all the people you'd pick to score shorthanded in overtime, not just in overtime, but shorthanded in overtime, you wouldn't pick Eric Griba, who's walking past us right now. And it was a game where we talked already about the Oilers' power play woes. The Winnipeg Jets, 0 for 6. The Oilers' three best scoring chances, including that one, were all shorthanded. The Winnipeg Jets did not look good on the power play. They did not look comfortable. They did not create chances. Uh, it was a weird power play. They had Dustin Bufflin in front of the net. And I know they like a net front presence. But the thing that really uh, impresses you about Dustin Bufflin is his shot. And they, don't, they never used it on the power play. This guy's got an absolute bomb from the point. And they took it away from him because they have him standing in front of the net. That's, uh, to me, it's a waste. Uh, both power plays were very inept tonight. And the Edmonton Oilers penalty killers were just better and created some chances. And, I mean, the place would have rocked if Griba puts that one in. I mean, it was, there was a, a sequence of about 30, 35 seconds where it was like, oh, it's going one way, here comes the other way. And, and you're thinking, okay, the game is done. They got the power play, and all of a sudden Griba's walking in on a partial breakaway. So uh, good on him. I thought Griba was one of the players on the Oilers tonight that had a, a strong game, and it would have been a, a nice end of the game for him if that would have went in. Interesting overtime. The shots were only 2-1 in favor of the Jets. I mean, Winnipeg's best scoring opportunities in overtime, they shot it wide. And you wonder if at that point they're trying to make it too, too fine a shot because they've seen Brassois playing well. And obviously, Griba's chance wouldn't have even been a shot on goal. Well, I, I don't know if they're trying to be too fine, but it's the one thing you always talk about as a, as a coach, do not miss wide uh, the, on the long side because it comes out the other way more so when it's three on three because you have nobody back yeah. and a number of times the others got great opportunities because the, the Jets come in they put the puck wide miss the net and all of a sudden here goes Taylor or here goes someone down the far side with, with, with room so it, it was a game that I'm sure the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff is excited that they got the two points but I don't think they're going to be totally satisfied with the way they played either both teams had power play opportunities uh, in overtime. Obviously, the Oilers started with a bit of one. Taylor Hall took a slashing penalty. Tough night for Hall. He took a tripping penalty in the third as well. Hendricks actually scored shorthanded on that one. The slashing penalty in overtime is one we've talked about, Rob. And we, I mean, we, we talk about it almost every. We, we sit together. We're not, we're, not, we're not sitting together on the home games, but the road games we watch in the Chet studio together. Almost every game, there's a slashing penalty where either a stick breaks or a guy drops his stick on the slash, and then there are 20 other slashes that are probably more severe that don't result in a breakage or a drop and aren't a penalty. It, it's, it's an odd way to enforce that rule in to, my mind. To me, but it's where he brought the stick from. It, the stick was, like, he, he comes down in, a, in a, an axe type of way. It, it, it's, it's a penalty. It's going to be a penalty but all it, but day But I'm long. saying, it, no, it doesn't always get called if the guy doesn't drop his stick. That slash it, well, it should be. Called. I'm saying it should be called all the time. When you bring Fair the stick enough, from there. But, but if the guy drops a stick, well, all of a sudden you've got an unfair advantage because that guy's got no stick. You did slash his stick. 
So, I mean, to me, it's an easy call. And he, Hall didn't argue it. He knew right away when he did it. So if you slash a stick, it goes knocks the stick out of the guy's hand or breaks it. To me, it's an automatic penalty. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Sean texting in to six thirty six thirty. Latestu got almost twenty minutes tonight. That's a problem. Well, Sean, you probably thought it was a problem the other night when he played over twenty. Uh, Sean says, and we wonder why the power play stinks. I know faceoffs are important, but the second the puck comes near him. The opponent clears the zone anyway, so maybe lose a few more face-offs and go get the puck and set up with some legit NHL talent. Latesti winning a face-off only to have to be involved in the play after is counterproductive. Well, Latesti's on the power play for two reasons. One, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is hurt. Uh, second is because Anton Lander got the shot earlier in the season and he didn't grab it and, and run with it. That's how I look at that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I, I I would love to see uh, um, if you're gonna have a if you want a guy's a net front presence and if that's what Latestu is doing I'd rather have Hendricks myself he wins more faceoffs and I think he's better in front of the net um, but he Latestu is I believe a right-handed centerman and he yep. goes in on the faceoffs on that side uh, I, and I've we I've talked about it all, all year long if you want to uh, have a career in the National Hockey League, be very good at something, Latestu's got, he's good in the face-off top. Because of that, he gets to be on the power play, but I understand the, the texter saying, alright, well we've got other guys on the, the bench that may be able to do a better job. But the one thing for the Oilers, looking at it, in their two power play units, out of ten guys, eight of them are forwards. So when you've got eight forwards out there uh, over the course of the power play, you're, you're not all going to be superstars because eventually you run out of those guys. Well, Lori Korpikoski played over two minutes on the power play tonight, too, and that's, and that's a, another factor there. So, yeah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Jets beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. We got Alex on line, too. Alex, you're on with Robin Reed. How are you doing? How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Oh, i got a few points. Uh, well, the guy was talking about... Uh, um, you know, um, oh geez, I missed a thought here. I got okay. Here I am. Uh, Schultz, I'll tell you what. Has he ever worked on his slap shot in the last four years? I mean, have you guys ever seen him with his shirt off? I mean, does he have any muscles there, or can a guy actually shoot? I'm really getting sick and tired of watching this guy in the power play. It's making me sick. And anyone who thinks that they're going to trade Nugent Hopkins here at the end of the season is nuts. Drysdale basically has one, not even one season underneath his belt, and he's slowing down and slowing down, and I don't know what's going on there. But uh, you know, we need Nugent Hopkins in a big way. Puglia definitely is not the answer going forward on that line. Everyone knows that. And Yapakov, you know, let him go back to Russia, whatever. I don't care. I don't want to see that guy on the team anymore either. He'll never make it as a third or fourth line on a team because he's not. You know, uh, it's just it just isn't as uh, it's not a fit for him. And as for that overtime, that was a circus act, but I'm telling you, man, I couldn't believe it. But I was hoping that Graber would have scored so Francois would have got that win because he deserved it. That one goal in regulation, it just went underneath his elbow there, and he was over there, you know. And um, anyway, I know I'm going on here pretty fast, but, uh, you know, if we had a big buff shot on that defenseman, a guy who could run that power play, and I know that has to be the biggest thing that we got to do in the offseason – is get a defenseman who can run the power play with a shot. Yeah, for sure, Alex. Thanks a lot for calling 
The Oilers' power play, I mean, it hasn't been great all year long. Certainly it had, it's had a little bit of burst at times coming out of the All-Star break, but coming into today, 17th in the NHL, 18.4%. You know, clearly you're hoping to be up around 20. The Jets were 16.7% uh, coming into tonight, 25th in the league. So uh, they survived the shootout. 2-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. Tell you what, if you're on hold, stay there. We want to head into the Jets dressing room, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions, and it is tonight's winning head coach, Paul Maurice. You like the effort through and through tonight, coach? I think the, the back end of uh, so the defensive part of our game up until about the last six minutes when it got a little loopy there. Um, we were real real good and, and um, you know, through 50 minutes of hockey, I thought maybe even longer than that. Um, goaltender, when 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 we made some mistakes, there's the difference, right? On the road, that guy makes the. Also, your penalty kill is pucks are going where they where they're supposed to go off them. Um, some real good efforts by by a number of our defensemen here tonight. Describe Andre's game, just steady. Tonight. Yeah, I, I never I, saw a shot for the first five minutes. You know, we, we I think the guys did a good job of. Letting them break it in a little early and not not uh, not see anything too dangerous, and then settled in through the second. He looked real solid. He wasn't didn't look like he had any jitters. Like he wasn't moving what too much. Usually you see those guys covering a little more ice than they have to, playing a little harder than they need to. But he looked he looked like a veteran. One of those games where you're thinking to yourself, boy, I really hope that we can salvage a point out of here. We played well enough to get one and yeah. end up getting two. It's, it's, Exactly what you see, and you know, good enough to win a game. Some strange things that happen on the ice. You're responsible for them. Like there's stuff that we did that we need to do better, uh, but a lot of good things too. When you know the ice is as bad as, as it is, what's all that for? Junior, junior game this afternoon. Junior game this afternoon. Was the ice good for them? Probably not. Oh. But how do you manage a game like that when you know you got those conditions? So we don't. We don't talk about our hands or, or the ice very much. We talk about the decisions on it and the simplicity of your game, and then you can move a little bit faster. Um, and then, and then you're, you're hoping for some of the veteran guys to make that comment. You know, as a coach, you know, keep your game simple because the ice is bad. Well, it's bad for both teams, so it's a fair playing field. Um, but it, but it, it, it's the ice struggled a little bit today. Yeah. All right, that's Jets head coach Paul Maurice. Scott Johnson working the Winnipeg dressing room for us tonight. They beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. Plenty more to talk about. We'll get to some of your texts at 6.30, 6.30. If you're on hold, stay there. We are coming right back to the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich, real estate team, overtime open line. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich team, overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. Cassian bothering up the left-hand side, dribbled ahead. Here's a chance for a little breakaway. Rister denied. Laurent Brassois holds sway and robs Brian Little. Good showing by Laurent Brassois. That's your save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. He made 32 stops, but he was beaten both times in the shootout. And the Jets win it by a score of 2-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening tonight. It's 11:43. Hendricks went in the shootout. Rob, we've seen that move over and over again. I mean, Purcell didn't get to shoot. Even Hall or Yakupov, Pouliot, talk about offensive players. I mean, if, if, are we 
I thought maybe we were done with the Matt Hendricks in, in, the, in the shootout uh, phase, but apparently not. Well, I mean, it probably, if, if you just go by stats, he's your best guy outside of Everly. So if you're going by stats, you go with him. I, I myself, I would have went with Connor McDavid first. But, I, I mean, he'd be, I'd have Hendricks ahead of Yakupov. I'd have Hendricks ahead of a couple other players. Uh, he actually, the move worked. He had him beat. He just didn't get the puck up. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, most uh, that's not a, he's not a goal scorer. He's not known for his goal scoring. So getting the puck up is a little harder for him compared to other guys that would have done it automatically. But if you go simply by stats, he, he deserves to be in your top three because there's a lot of star goal scorers that aren't good in shootouts. Oilers lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Jets. We'll go to the phone lines, and we have three points. Dave standing by. Hey, 3PD, what's on your mind? Hey, how's it going tonight, boys? Good. Okay, my three points tonight, I'll be quick with them, and I'll get right to the point. First off, I want to say good job to Laurent Brossois. It's too bad our roster sucks because I thought he did a great job uh, making 32 stops and getting the first star. My second point is Justin Schultz. I don't know what Shirelli's waiting for. Apparently, this guy is supposed to have tons of teams interested in him. Why is he not gone? My third point is, now, you guys, I know for a fact, are not Yak fans. I know that there's a lot of Yak haters out there, but quite frankly, I don't agree with Pouliot being on McDavid's line. The guy doesn't shoot. The guy hesitates too much. And quite frankly, he barely goes in the corners. Yak works harder than he does, and Yak does one thing that Pouliot doesn't do, and that's called hitting. Now, I understand, Rob, that you say the Yak has deficiencies. I see them too. But you know what? That's why Yak has to work hard in practice and do his job. And I don't care anybody says Yakupov is not going to be successful in, in a third or fourth line role with plugs because he's an offensive talent and he shoots. He shoots, he shoots, he shoots. Thank you. Well, going through the points, Yakupov doesn't deserve to play in the top six. Uh, and is Pouliot the answer there? Probably not long term. But uh, Yakupov, he, he doesn't do the, the, the right things on the ice. He doesn't do the right things when he doesn't have the puck. And when he, the offensive side isn't good enough for him to be in a top six role. You know, at the beginning of the season, he had a little bit of a spurt playing with Connor McDavid. But in that spurt, I believe it was, what, 13 games, he had two goals. I mean, Everly's now got seven and seven playing with McDavid. So uh, it's this isn't the first coaching, first coaching staff that has had uh, a problem with what Yak does, does on the ice. Yak's got to earn his ice time. And uh, he's not doing enough uh, when he's out there to justify moving him up to a new line. And that's just, it, it's just simple. And that's something that not just the Oilers coaching staff sees. That's something that people around the, the league sees. Um, what was his second point? Uh, Bersois, Bersois had a great game. That was his first point. He deserved oh, a better fate. And Schultz. And, and oh, trading Schultz. Trading well, Schultz. we're not, I, I mean, mean, we don't know exactly. We don't know how much interest there is out there. But, I mean, if, if, if fans here feel that Justin Schultz is struggling, then it's, it, it, there's no one out in the the other 29 teams that say, "Oh my God, he's playing good." Those the fans are wrong, the, the coaches are wrong. Uh, Justin has struggled. He he's supposed to be an offensive defenseman that's not producing. So if you're frustrated with him, to to think it'd be easy to move him would be wrong, because if you if he's having a, a struggle here on the 30th place team in the National Hockey League, well then he's probably not going to be a stud on anyone above that in the standings. Jets beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. Got a text. Trent from up north says Cassian played well, drew two penalties, was physical. 
and had his feet moving, one of his better games. Will allow Trent from up north to pick Cassian as the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. Cassian actually was having a pretty good shift when he wound up taking the penalty as well, trying to keep the puck alive. That was one of his more active games, I thought. Uh, I, I thought Cassian was quieter the last couple of outings. He was more involved today. And he has to be. Uh, when you have a certain role on your team, you've got to excel at it. And when he's out there, when he's physical, when he's in hard on the forecheck, when he's a pain in, in the, the backside of, of the other players, star players, then he's effective, and then he'll get more ice time. Um, they tried him at the start of the game with Hall and Latestu. That produced nothing. I think he is a third-line type of player, and when he is at his best, his feet are moving, and he's physical, and he's a presence that the others need. And you are right. The last couple of games, you didn't see that out of him. They need more of it out, more out of him, and the more he does it, the more ice time the coaching staff will find for him. Our adjustment of the game is presented by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Well, you mentioned the line adjustments that didn't even last uh, half a period. We, we've talked, obviously, a lot about Laurent Brassois, uh, him going in. We knew that was going to happen eventually. It happens because Talbot was ill. And uh, Talbot was the backup, but not on the bench this evening so I guess he was uh, just watching in the back room just in case he was needed tonight but he was not. Well you, if he is ill you don't want him around the other guys on the bench so you want to make sure that the, the other guys are protected because the last thing you want is the flu or anything going through your team because once one or two guys get it all of a sudden seven or eight guys get it so my adjustment was the adjustment that was had, had to be made due to an ill goaltender. Alright seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have Alex on the line as well. Hey Alex thanks for calling. Hey, uh, just a few questions, or I guess more like a statement. Like just watching the Oilers, or you know, hearing hearing uh, just about everything that's going on with the team. It just seems to me like our team is just a bunch of broken pieces from all the previous management and everything that's done. You know, the big deals that were handed out to Pouliot and Fane and free agencies, and those haven't lived up. It just feels like we're setting up for band-aid solutions you know with uh with a lot of players that we have like even bringing the test to in Korpikoski, i'm not too sure what exactly was trying to happen there i mean like i'm it's a pretty positive time to be an oilers fan i mean you can definitely see like the change that the coaching has brought um given the fact that the players are doing better but i mean just i don't like our team just needs to it it feels like there's just no like no direction in how the team is built in my honest opinion. So you don't think Shirelli's done a good job then? Um, I don't think it's on him at the moment, given the fact that he just stepped into the position. It's more so just the fact that it was like the same old club running the show for how many years. And um, in the last 10 years, it's just, it, I mean, like the rebuild after rebuild, it just feels like pieces were brought in just for the sake of bring, bringing something that would hopefully ignite the change versus actually going around an idea of yeah, building Al something Alex, around. look, I, 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 I just, I just got to ask, because we, we get these types of calls, and, and, and I'm just, I'm not clear on, on where you're going, well, because Shirelli brought in Korpakoski and Latestu. So, okay. which, you know, like, I understand the previous management. We can only look back and pick on that so far. Shirelli has said where he wants the team and go, where to go and how he wants to play. So... Mm -hmm. You know, either you don't like what he's done or you do or you're willing to wait. Like, I'm definitely willing to wait. 
just because like knowing his experience with Boston and you know what he's done with that team and you know everything he's had to go through especially the Sagan trade and and all that and how he's and how the team's been able to rebound from that it's just um i guess it just feels like the team is still kind of i mean reeling from the previous times and it's still a little bit of confused as to where where it needs to go you know kind of it's still like trying to form its identity well you know a, a good point i i think if you look at the a team is a puzzle, and you're trying to fit different pieces into the puzzle. Well, all of a sudden, Shirelli comes in, and the puzzle is half built, but he's got now he's got to get new pieces to come in to fit in the pieces that that are all over the place. And now he he's got a picture in mind that he wants the 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 puzzle to finally look like, but the previous management had a different picture, so now the pieces don't all seem to fit. And he's got to subtract some pieces to bring in new pieces, and and it's it's tough when when someone has a thought of where they want something to go, they've got this plan in mind. Well, now all of a sudden that management's gone, so now there's next management's in, and they've taken over someone else's plan, and they're trying to create their own plan, but they can't do it completely because they still got pieces they can't get rid of. So, yeah, it, Peter Shirelli, it's going to take time, and it's unfortunate for fans in Edmonton because all they think is we keep he, we keep saying it's going to take time, but when it's a different coach and a different GM over and over and over again, there's going to be pieces that are broken, and you're right. And it's unfortunate. It's going to take time for Peter Shirelli to put his complete stamp of approval on this team. Hopefully it, uh, it is sooner than later and we can take advantage of all the young stars that we have while they're in their prime. Well, I got a pretty big puzzle piece with McDavid. Yeah, that's a piece that they weren't expecting, and they got it, and you can build a brand-new puzzle around him. No Oilers goal light tonight. They have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. Oilers fall 2-1 in a shootout to the Winnipeg Jets. Matt Hendricks, the only Oilers goal of the game. It came shorthanded 11 minutes into the third period. That one goal means a $50 donation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long, and follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, 780-496-0063. More post-game reaction ahead as well. 2-1 Jets over the Oilers in a shootout. We're in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Jet. 2-1 Jets over Oilers in a shootout. Edmonton's record now 22-29-6 for the season. They're 1-0-1 to start this six-game homestand whenever we go into the Oilers dressing room after games that's courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things diesel text message here from oh I lost it now uh here we go uh this person says what did you think of Everly's game tonight from Steven I thought he was throwing the body around and competing hard yeah I thought he was all right I, I, he did he actually hammered someone I think it was oh I can't remember it was down in the far corner away from me and just absolutely crushed him. And when he does that, he's Enstrom he got. And when he does that, he becomes more involved. He had a couple of good opportunities. I thought he and, and McDavid were okay. I thought Benoit Pouliot struggled a little bit on that line today. 
But, uh, yeah, I thought Everly, Everly was fine tonight. All right, the Oilers fall 2-1 to the Jets in a shootout. we got a break for the midnight news. More time for your phone calls, 780-496-0063. More post-game reaction coming your way as well. From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Yeah, we're watching the highlights from the NBA Slam Dunk Competition. Good morning. It's 12.04 as the Oilers lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Winnipeg Jets. This is pretty good stuff in Toronto here. I mean, do we have to keep keep doing the show? Because this, this is unbelievable. This is pretty good stuff. The dunk contest at the NBA All-Star Game, and it is just amazing what these guys can do. Like you, I can't even dream up half the stuff. The that stuff doing. involving the mascot. Now that guy didn't win. Uh, the Minnesota Zach Levine won. Orlando's Aaron Gordon uh, was the guy who used the mascot in a couple of his dunks. He actually got second place. The 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 second one Gordon off the mascot though was spectacular. He he's he jumped over top of the mascot. His whole body was over the mascot. Picked the ball off the mascot's head, put it under his own legs, and then dunked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he cleared the mascot and moved the ball under. Well, that one by Levine there bounced it, and he went behind his back and then did a reverse on the from the far side. Well, it, it's one cool. of those things that whenever you see anybody that is at the top of their profession, it's just silly what they can do. And you're seeing that with those NBA guys, and you saw that at the All Star game with the NHL All Star game. Some of the silly stuff that those guys can do when they actually try to do the fun stuff, not just the game stuff that you see in your everyday 60-minute game. They, they can do some pretty amazing things. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. That's a fun weekend there in Toronto. All right, uh, let's go into the visitor's dressing room here, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Blake Wheeler got his 15th of the season tonight. Just a thought on the game, Blake, uh, one that was hard fought. You know what, uh, yeah, I loved I loved what we came out trying to do. Um, you know, you, you, live, you, live, you limit that team to you know 15 to 20 shots uh, for most of the game. Um, that's a it's a pretty good effort. How close to 60 minutes was this? It was 60 minutes. You know, uh, just because they got one break and scored on it doesn't mean doesn't take away from the effort we had tonight. So uh, I think we should be uh, should be proud with with our intentions coming to this game tonight because it could be really easy to try to you know try to play up and down with these guys and and. Uh, uh, you know, we don't win that game. Pabs, uh, thought on your goaltender here tonight? That was nice. You know, uh, it's, it's nice to see a guy who's, who's worked really hard to, to get back, uh, get healthy, you know, get, get in game shape and, and come out and have a nice night and, and get a big win for him. In game play, what did you do to limit the Oilers or what did you do to maybe take some time and space away from them? You give those guys uh, opportunities. You know, you turn pucks over at their line. Um, you try to do too much in the offensive zone. You know, that's where they that's where they kill people. So, uh, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna out battle us, you know, in their uh, defensive zone, take the puck, go down 200 feet and score a goal, then tip your cap and uh, you know wish them wish them well. But uh, for the most part, we just feel like if we you know made them come 200 feet, it'd, it'd make it a long night for them. A little bit about the chemistry that you and Nikolai have found of late since you've been assembled together. Yeah, you know, I think the three of us uh, have really fed off each other really well. You know, the thing I told uh, Nikki when we uh, started. Playing playing together on a consistent basis was uh, offensively, 
you know, I'm not going to say a word to him. I, I can't. Uh, I can't tell him what to do with the puck. He's uh, he's born with some some pretty amazing offensive ability. Um, you know, if I can try to tell him a thing thing or two here or there, uh, situationally, uh, to, to to try to help him, you know, make the right decisions out there. Um, I'll do my best to do that. But other than that, you know, I just let him uh, let him do his thing because he he really is special with the puck. I'm not being flippant, but a thought on the on the shootout winner for you to keep that puck alive. Well, you know, uh, it was. Uh, that's kind of what happens when you have two pregame skates, a junior game, and then uh, three, three, four periods of an NHL game on, on one ice sheet. So, uh, you know, I looked up to, to kind of start my move and wasn't feeling the puck anymore. So I just <laughs> tried to try to regain it as fast as I could. And, you know, luckily he, uh, you know, he had, uh, didn't respond to it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, they briefly reviewed it. Did you, were you worried at all? No, I knew I was going forward the whole time. Uh, you know, it, uh, they got to do their due diligence. How bad was it out there? wasn't 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 horrible i played on worse uh but i don't think it's a great idea to uh to use an ice sheet that much in one game you know it uh probably isn't quite up to nhl standards appreciate this thanks all right thanks scott johnson they're interviewing blake wheeler as he scores in the shootout scores in regulation time jets beat the oilers 2-1 uh, in the shootout it was hendricks missing wheeler scoring everly scoring lad scoring and then mcdavid being stopped by pavlik as you know, I, I, the the goal that Wheeler got, I mean, he lost the puck. And then, you know, I know some fans were frustrated. Why didn't Brussois slap it away? It's it's a split-second decision. <laughs> well, you know, it's a split-second decision by a goaltender, and he's thinking, defend the shot. I mean, just don't, don't if worry he, about If he goes to slap it away, Wheeler pulls it across anyway. Which is what he did anyway. Yeah, right? so... so. I, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, poke it away, not. But he, he couldn't yeah. have got to it. it, it it's, I mean, if if an NHL goaltender has an opportunity to make the save or poke the puck away, he's going to. And on that one, I mean, it's just bad luck for Brisson on that one. Just horribly bad luck. And on the other hand, great, uh, great hands, uh, quick hands by Wheeler. Uh, most most players would have just at that point panicked and thrown the puck. He had patience. The puck went off his stick. He still had the. The, the 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 thought process to know okay I'm I'm not out of this and he takes it across the ice I mean it was a nice play by Wheeler unfortunate for Brassois and to me it didn't at all mar the game that Brassois played because he was outstanding really good game for Brassois 32 saves in regulation time he was beaten only on a two on one chance by Wheeler at 7:15 of the second period Hendricks from Fain shorthanded the only goal for the Oilers tonight our faceoff trivia question concerned Louis DeBrusque. We will have the answer when we get back. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Rob Brown here as well. Keep an eye on that list. Every Thursday, the Western Hockey League puts out five more players. They're counting down the top 50. I expect Mr. Brown to be in the top five. Maybe even number one. <laughs> I don't know well, if my, hey, I'm not sure my mom voted if enough. If Greg Drennan says you should be in the top well, five, then, that's good enough for me. Darn tootin' then. Yeah, he can be my agent. How many times has Greg interviewed you over the years? Lots. He would have been, but he, he was in Regina too. Was he already uh, in BC when you were playing? That's a good question. Kelly Moore was our guy in BC. Right. He was our radio dude from who's with Winnipeg. I'm trying to think our, some of our, well, um, the dude from uh, he's out. He's he's uh, does sometimes on another radio show. He's uh, he was our radio, our 
newspaper Robin guy. Robin Brownlee? Robin Brownlee was Brownlee, our guy. Yeah. Ben Kuzma, who worked for the Canucks. Yep. Canucks, he was our guy in Kamloops as well. That's a long time ago for me to remember anything like that. Nah, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, face-off trivia tonight on October 4th, 1991. Mark Messier was traded to the New York Rangers for Louis DeBrusque and what other two players? Mark Messier was traded for Louis DeBrusque. And, and what other two players? <laughs> um, not a clue. Bernie Nichols and Stephen Rice. Oh, I was going to guess neither one of them. Jane knew that. Gets 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. She also qualifies for the grand prize draw, $1,000 gift certificate to Skier Sports Shop, Edmonton's number one choice for skis and snowboards. Checking the other action tonight. Mark Arcabello scored twice. Leafs over the Canucks, 5-2. The Canucks are in a whole world of trouble right now. They've got just too many injuries, and they weren't a very deep team to start with. The Blue Jackets up in the Senators, 4-2. Dallas hands Washington a rare loss, 4-3. Two very good hockey clubs going back-to-back. I believe Dallas was up 4-0 in that game, and Washington came back, scored three goals to make it a close one. The Capitals are 40-10-4. They're good. Well, when you have talent and you combine talent with good coaching and goaltending and goaltending, Holtby is out of this world this year. They've got they have a legitimate chance of being a Stanley Cup champion this year. The Ducks beat Chicago 3-2 in overtime. The Ducks are the Oilers' next opponent. The Sharks beat the Coyotes 4-1. The Devils over the Flyers 2-1 in overtime. The Bruins beat the Wild 4-2. Minnesota one win in their last 14 games. They fired head coach Mike Yo. Hello, this one. The Panthers have been great for a couple months, really. They lose 5 nothing on home ice to the Predators. Well, the Predators in bad need of some wins. They made the big trade, Johansson for, for Jones, and uh, they have not got the dividends paid yet, but that was a big win for, for Nashville. And the Hurricanes knocked off the Islanders 6-3. That's a team that's playing quite well now, is the, the Carolina Hurricanes. They've played much, much better in the last little while. Uh, so the Oilers now 29th in the league. They're a point ahead of the Leafs. They're tied with Buffalo. Buffalo has played one fewer games, so uh, they have the tiebreaker. This afternoon, the Oil Kings beat Lethbridge 4-3 in overtime. The Golden Bears tonight shut out Mount Royal 2-0 to clinch second place in the Canada West standings. Oh, good for them. They're good for them. Playoffs they have to win both. They won yeah. 8-4 in Calgary last night over Mount Royal and won well, I mean, tonight. Two exact same hockey games. Just have you diagram it up. An 8-4 <laughs> win and a 2 nothing win. All right. So the Oilers' next opponent, I mentioned the Anaheim Ducks. We'll have that broadcast for you on Tuesday night, 5.30 for the face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. The Ducks are going to play in Calgary on Monday afternoon. Rob, hope you have a great family day. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. spending some time with the family. I think I'm going to come to an Elking game on family day. Bring my family around. They play 2 p.m. Tri-City on Monday if people want to check it out here at Rexall. It should be a fun one. All right. The Jets edge the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. Matthew Panaschik has been our studio producer this evening. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Ched is Sid Smith. You can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com for more on your hockey team. My name is Reed Wilkins. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line has come to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.